Okay. So there was a question asked to why you think it's easy for Jewish people to do that. I don't know if it's easier. It's just the society that exists, and, and it just happens constantly. And, and it really, it happened, unfortunately, yesterday and today again. But by Jersey City, it was like, a, on the one hand, it was a tragedy. On the other hand, his mom is a niece, a niece of epic proportions. If you just go through what we know, which is, <clears throat> it seems to be the police officer randomly disrupted these individuals, made them accelerate whatever they were planning on doing. It seems that they were trying to get to the kids. Well, and it's just, it's, 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 a, it's, you have both feelings of this was tragedy and it could have been a million times worse, like exponentially worse. And well, over here also, you know, things, things happen not good. And yet today they had a mamish open art in the same location. You know, not, I mean, a couple, of, a couple hundred feet away, whatever it was. But the same people who were by one were by the other. We're able to say, you know, this is, you know, this was scheduled. This is what we're going to do. We're not going to Tchanaka now, time of Simcha. And how do you, and, and, and it seems we're able to take, you know, say this is good, this is bad. Right now we have the emotion for this. And right now we have the emotion for that. Because that's what we're supposed to do as Eden. We're supposed to act this way. We're supposed to recognize the good. We're supposed to go and recognize the bad. And that's, and that's, you know, not, you know, it's not a zero sum game. It's not, is it all good or is it all bad or how does it balance out? This action, this scenario was good. This part of the scenario was not as good. And it's just something that I, I, I notice pretty often that happens that, you know, like you could go mamish from a chasna to a base level or vice versa. And you could you could either be all depressed about it or all happy and not feel the you know not feel anything bad. But there's such a of there is a base evil, there's a base mishta. When you're in the respective locations, you can feel emotionally accordingly. And I don't think you're schizo if you do that. And that's just my piece. Maybe okay, I am schizo. Tell me. Oh. <laughs> if you want, I could try to, you know, share a thought, but uh, I don't know, you know, if we should, you know, if we can be. Uh, that's what so, we would love to hear. Well, as Yaka was describing it, um, the, the, the one thought that came to mind was that um, I think if we, like, look deeply into the real source of simcha and what enables us to bear the suffering. So we discover that it's really one and the same thing. Um, I guess like a simple way to put it would be if we're looking at you know, success or failure in terms of our um, worldly experiences um, and, you know, essentially focused on that and measuring ourselves by that, so then it would be very difficult to sort of hold both together. Um, if, you know, so something, you know, misfortune is happening, 
and uh, and our, our life in this world right now is, in a, in a certain sense, we would we would judge it as a failure. Um, we're not having good things happening to us, or the other way. So then, one would really be in conflict to the other because essentially, I'm looking at my current situation and uh, I'm largely trying to measure myself based on that if I if I if I don't measure myself based on my current situation and even more so I recognize that everything in this world is really only a means to it to a greater ultimate end of the person's own coming closer to Hashem through the experiences and through the the challenges and the opportunities that are given to us. So the simcha, let's like by Hanukkah, the simcha is not essentially over a victory against our enemies. We're victorious. We won a war. We're the winners as opposed to being losers. So then... But rather, it's the simcha over our connection to Hashem that's preserved, which is the essence of our existence. So that enables us to be able to bear even great pain and great loss, because we know that there is a very large plan, a very great plan that's for our good. And though we don't understand very many times specifically how something is helping us towards that, but at least the recognition of that fundamental fact that Hashem is directing our life and giving us the experiences that we need to to have and to struggle with in order to achieve our development, in order to come close to Him. So then those things are not like a contradiction to the causes of simcha. The causes of simcha are also based ultimately, essentially, only truthfully out of our connection to Hashem. So then they are, they are really, really working together in the grand scheme of things. Uh, you know, it may be somehow manageable to say these words, to actually live this and, you know, understand this and live this. That's quite a whole other undertaking but I think this much at least we know that that's what we're supposed to try to do so we can understand it as not essentially um, steer one to the other we won't say well how can I feel sad and, and, and lost while at the same time feeling simcha <laughs> simcha is not a disregarding well said, Rabbi. not disrespecting mm-hmm. it's, almost, it's almost like we would naturally feel if I'm a simcha it's a disrespect to the, to the aspect of loss but we, when we know it's from a connection to Hashem it's not a disrespect to the cause of the feeling of loss it's meant to enable us to even experience that properly, fully enable us to bear it and, and be able to thereby truly experience it and in can I ask you a really can I ask you a very cynical question maybe yes, how do you know it's not supposed to be the other way and that the simcha is to make you fully appreciate the loss no no I'm saying that that each one 
does have a place or they're, 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 they're really, I don't know if to say helping, but they are really um, stemming from, you know, a real, what, what the, the, the loss is not an ultimate loss. The loss is, loss is not a total loss. It's painful. It's, 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 it's great. It's true. But like, like, like the, like the Shonim say by the Mitzvah, it's is going to do. The, the Goyim has such a practice of inflicting physical harm on themselves as an expression of their grief. The Torah is telling cholesterol, you're allowed to cry, the Dr. Ramban says, but to take it to such an extreme that we don't need. We know that we have a, a still a great, a great friend, so to speak. Abishter has a plan. Even we don't understand we can accept it like a young child is trusting the parent. So that that enables us to feel that otherwise it might be overwhelming. Otherwise we have to shut it down. Otherwise we couldn't bear it. But well, we know that everything that we're experiencing that everyone is experiencing is part of Hashem's plan of chesed. So that makes it somehow somewhat bearable and enables us to Experience. Does that make sense? It sounds like the old joke. You choose somebody else. I don't know that joke. God, are we really the chosen people? Oh. Yes. Can you yes. please choose somebody else? Right. Yeah, it's quite a few of that. <laughs> because when push comes to shove, we would not opt out. <laughs> Just like no matter how much we uh, we admire or wish we could have what other people have, a push comes to shove, very few people would say they would want to be a different person. So we know the truth of our existence individually and as a nation, and that this is the ultimate truth and the ultimate good. Deep down, we yeah. know that. How does that address having... That that's a, but you, you spoke in in a qualistic terms. Okay. That emotions at large. What about again, just in, in more back to back, as I was mentioning, going from one event to another event within ten minutes. It's not a not a not a not a just overall how we're able to swing mikatsal katsa over time, but like mamish. Quickly. <clears throat> Did you answer that? Did I miss that? It sounded to me like you were talking in more qualistic terms. The, the, the simple words that I'm thinking are when we know we have a connection with Hashem we have security we have a sense of stability we're grounded we're safe we're okay Hebrew is running the world he's involved with us he's never losing breaking connection and attention to us so then that enables us to feel the pain 
at the same time the causes of joy that are rooted in that connection. Why are we happy for Achnos Sefer Torah? It represents our connection with Hashem. Why are we happy for our friend's wedding? Just like, you know, it's a fun party. Because we are happy for him to achieving this great aspect of life that could bring so much good to him of a truly eternal nature. Not just, you know, he's going to have fun. It's going to be because, because this is a cause, this is a, a means of Hashem's helping him, blessing him, gifting him to, to be able to use it to grow to the fullness that he's able to achieve of real good for himself and for so many other people. So the, the cause of it, the cause of the simcha is of a, a truly eternal nature, a truly pure nature. That's what's within us. It's hard to get in touch with it, but when we can, the, the kayach of Avas Yisrael, what is that kayach? I feel like it, any Jew, like, like, like a brother. People say, you know, I don't, I can't say, you know, always, everybody, but you know, you go on a bus there to show people feel like I'm, I'm, I'm home. I'm with my, with my, my, my nation, my, my brothers and sisters. Like they have a, they have such, there are times that we feel that feeling. What is that coming from? That's coming from a spiritual connection. We could, we could somehow sometimes tap into spiritual connection. That's rooted in connection with Hashem. That's, that's giving us that security, that safety. So that we can also feel the real pain. When Avraham Avinu was bringing that keda, it's b'cholayiv, simcha shal mitzvah, enormous, fantastic simcha shal mitzvah, and also crying for the the impending loss of his beloved son. They can coexist. If it was only of all the focus, then then maybe we'd have to choose: Am I going to be happy? over some kind of success, or are I going to be sad over some kind of a loss? <clears throat> a person can feel yogain for some, some spiritual failure. Oy, what, a, what, a, what a tragedy this was. And at the same time, feeling the simcha over that he's able to feel that yogain. <laughs> Look what a connection I have that my, my neshama is functioning that I could feel truly remorseful over this. So, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, there's no contradiction. There's, there's, there's a capacity for experiencing things fully without it being overwhelming, without it being like, like totally shattering. I don't know. Uh, What's the connection to Zaytanaka? More good ideas are most welcome. <laughs> um, so that you have to look at all the holy swarm. <laughs> no, in all seriousness. Okay. Rabbi, it sounds like what you're saying is like if the negative feeling that we have is based on like a feeling of like this shouldn't be happening. It's if like the sadness comes without a context of knowing that there's like Hashem is 
doing the right thing. Hashem knows what he's doing. Like that's in general, like something that's hard to put together. Like even just focusing on sadness. Like how do we know that it's for the best and still be sad? Right. You know, when we have, when we're able to reconcile those two things to the best of our ability, you know, in the context of knowing that this really is for the best, but it doesn't mean that it's not really sad. Right. You know, then that ability to reconcile those two things enables us to have the right perspective on both the bad and the good, you know, simultaneously. Because if the bad is context of this shouldn't be happening, it's bad, it's horrible, I'm, I feel like it's a tragedy that shouldn't have happened, you know, it's hard to reconcile that with, you know, any kind of joy. Because, like, if it's really bad, and we don't see, we don't even know intellectually that it's for the best, and that we have no context to recognize that people who died, Al-Kiddush Hashem, you know, for being Jews are, in a way, it's very sad, but in a way they're getting box seats up in heaven. You know, box seats that we uh, would imagine getting to some degree. Um, we, we'd like to wait 120 years to get them. But, you know, the fact that for their neshama, in a way, this is like a big positive benefit, even if it's at the same time, somehow it's like really hard to deal with the fact that like we feel a loss, the family feels a loss, you know, a million times more. And objectively, it's like some aspect of tragedy. On the other hand, you know, seeing the big picture, like, I don't know, for their neshama, maybe this was the best thing in the world. Like, it's hard to reconcile those two things, but probably to whatever degree that we're able to reconcile it. So then, like, you can't, we probably can't be half depressed and half ecstatic. Like, depression doesn't go together with uh, positive feelings. But sadness, in the context of knowing that it's for the best, and it's coming from Hashem, and things are good, and things are okay, yet at the same time, it's very sad, and it's very painful. So it's hard to do that, but that's probably the biggest... Uh, it's a, it's, I think it's just a different way of saying like what you're saying. Like when it's coming in the context of the happiness, like I think you were focusing more on the happiness. Like if the happiness is coming in the context that it's from Hashem for the purpose of getting closer to Hashem. And I would say also if you're focusing on the negative in the context of it's from Hashem and it's for the best in some way. So then it's all, like, in a way, you could have the same question on the Jewish calendar. Like, are we in good shape or bad shape, like the Jewish nation? Like, if you look at Pesach and Purim, it looks like the Jews are great. If you look at Tisha B'Av, it looks like we're terrible. It's like, which one is it? Is our state of closeness to Hashem a reason to cry or a reason to celebrate? So how could it be both? So I guess the answer is because they're both true and they're really coming from the same context that closeness to Hashem is amazing, but we wish we could be closer. Yeah. I don't know. Practically, it's very hard. Yeah, I'm sure. But 
I but I don't know. That's what that's what has hit me. Like if if both of them are coming with a context of understanding that it's from Hashem, you can really ask the same question on Hanukkah. Like in a way, we had years of getting tortured by the Gaim, by the Greeks. Many Jews died. Many Jews, you know, went through really hard times. Yet eventually we got saved. So if you asked me, I'd rather not have the pain and not have the salvation. You know, we should celebrate the years that we didn't have, we didn't have Hanukkah. Like, which is better objectively, not having the pain and not having the salvation or having the pain and having the salvation? I'd rather take uh, the first way, right? To have to go through like kids dying, you know, women getting taken advantage of, and all kinds of different struggles and challenges for the Jewish nation. So in a way, when you think about that time period, like, how can we celebrate? So I, if, you're looking, if, you look, if you're looking at whether we're having a successful life, are we yeah. being successful, you know, are we in, in the winning column or the loss column? We have more wins and losses, <laughs> and then it won't be so good in the Hanami. Right. <laughs> That's because we're measuring based on some kind of a means of measuring, you know, life success. Mm-hmm. On the up or on the down. <laughs> right. But it's hard. So, but it, it's a similar kind of question. Like, I think I saw that, um, I think Rabbi Yaakov Emden says that by the Russia's question on um, Pesach, like the, the way he understands what the Russia what the Russia is asking is that like why is this something that you're celebrating? The Jews went through years and years and years of torture, and then they got saved miraculously. So imagine coming at someone coming out of the Holocaust, and let's say he was saved miraculously, but you know his mother and father and sister and brother and aunt and uncle and cousins were all killed. And he was saved miraculously after years of starvation and pain and suffering. So the Russia's question is a very legitimate question, according to him. He says, like, why are you guys celebrating this? <laughs> why is this a good thing? Jewish history in Egypt was a really horrible experience overall. You know, thankfully, especially, it, I have a friend out here in Vegas who... No, we're losing you. Not from at all. Uh, back? Well, we'll Can see. Can you hear me, Rabbi? Right now, yes. Oh, okay. Yaakov, can you hear? We got to switch topics. Simcha showed, showed so up. I have a friend out here in Vegas. Ah, Rab Simcha, shalom. Welcome, welcome. So... Like, I have a friend out here who told me that initially he was very, very happy with Hashem. Because all the bad things that happen are not related to Hashem. Oh, you can't hear? It was in and out. Oh, no. (laughs) What's with you? Let me try. Let me try moving. It's all Simcha's fault. Any it's better? all Simcha's fault. Get near the, get near the mountain modem. Um, yeah. Okay, good. Is that better? I think that's better, yeah. 
Okay, great. So I was saying, like, I have a friend uh, out here who told me that initially when he was um, first connecting to Hashem, first learning about Hashem, so he loved Hashem a lot because he thought that all bad things that happen are the world's fault. You know, that's not orchestrated by Hashem. And Hashem's the one who comes in and saves us from all the different problems and challenges. Oh, yeah. So he said, El Diablo. El Diablo is the problem. When he found out otherwise, what happened then? So then he told me he started learning with uh, Rabbi Eli Davidowitz. And Rabbi Davidowitz was talking about, you know, the concept of Hashem bringing, you know, different challenges to our lives. And he's like, whoa, 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 hey. <laughs> I'm not sure I like that form of Hashem that you're um, introducing. Yep. It's not such a comfortable thing. And then after a while, he started to, you know, try to reconcile, like, how could I accept the fact that Hashem is the one who brings all my challenges? And at the same time, then he saves me from, you know, the different uh, struggles. So when you put the whole thing together, how is that an overall positive? And he says that it, was, it took a long time to be able to reconcile that. Well, so what did Rabbi David yeah. would tell him? Um, I imagine over time, you know, he helped him recognize that even the challenges that Hashem brings are for the best. I don't know. I, I, I don't know the details of what he told him, but probably similar things to what you would want to tell him. Well, well I hope he told him that the reason why Hashem is so good is not because he's saving us from the problem in this world. Not the success to here and now, that is the, the sum total, or like the totality at least, or even the essence, the mm-hmm. most important aspect of Hashem, good, Hashem's goodness to us, which he probably heard about also, but just didn't really put it together. Right. So I imagine over time he was able to try to put that together a little bit. But that's really, you know, for Hanukkah also, like you need that. You know, we went through years of challenges, and then Hashem saved us. So it's similar to what Yaakov's question was. Like overall, like when you, like it's hard to see it as such a positive without being able to accept the context of the fact that the challenges came for a reason, and hopefully, you know, the Jews were able to learn from them, and they were able to find their motivation, you know, to stand up for Mila Shemelai and to really be mechazik themselves and. If the challenges have a context, you know, then it's not a theory, it's celebrating the uh, positive aspects that we can gain from the Hanukkah story. We needed to have those challenges. I imagine, in a way, I think one of the messages of Hanukkah that we could learn from more than from the salvation, you know, is like why we needed the salvation. You know, unfortunately, you have, you know, 90. 8% of the Jewish world who would have a hard time understanding like why when they leave Hashem and they are not so connected to Torah and mitzvahs, like why would that be a reason why, you know, bad things would start happening, you know, without recognizing that Hashem doesn't feel like that's okay for us. He wants to motivate us to uh, change and to get closer to him and So, uh, so, so what, what's the answer to the Russia? How, how do we answer the Russia Taka in the Haggadah? Is there, is there a terrorist that we can apply that somehow <laughs> so, spelled out by Rabbi Yaakov Emden or by anybody? 
So, I don't know. Yeah, he would have been there. Fine. He wouldn't have been taken out. That's what the answer is. Don't you remember? <laughs> <laughs> so how explain to him thereby that he's off base? Yes, yeah, so it's. Um, so it's probably, I don't know, we probably have to look it up again That's to get the exact course, context. Uh, but, okay, we'll wait, that, wait, wait for that for Nissan. Yes, for sure. Okay. <laughs> can, can we switch topics if we're done on this one? In all seriousness, go back to Zeiss Hanukkah. It, it seems to me that a half the from Jewish world makes a big deal that I don't understand, similarly to the way I'm sure we make big deals about certain things that they don't make a big deal about. And, and is there a, a mile to looking into it? Is there a mile to not look into it? Is there like, I'm saying, what is the proper hashkafa that one should have about things that, for lack of a better word, are just what I would call totally chasidish? And, and you know, but shivim panim. So where does that stop? Where does it end? Where does it go? Uh, something that always on my head. Hmm. Yaakov, it sounds like what you're describing is that uh, you sense that there's like a very big um, emotional connection to Vizos Hanukkah without... No, it's not really... emotional. I don't know about emotion. They, they, they make a the big deal that they do with Zos Hanukkah. They have this Hanukkah Sudas. They have... I don't even know what Zos Hanukkah means. It's the last night of Hanukkah to me. It's like, it's just, it's, it's, as one of my Litzvisha friends told me tonight, because I'm a Litzvak, we made a joke about it. Is it the right man or is it not the right man? That's all we care about. We don't care about anything else. Like, whatever they have, it, it, it literally, I know nothing about. So I can't even talk to you about, like, there's no emotion. Like, what are they making a big deal about? That's the question. Right. You would probably have the same question on the first night of Hanukkah. Like, that, you know, is the Litfish, you know, approach, you know, just to make sure that we're doing it at the right man and making sure that, you know, that we have, we have enough oil. Right? It's, it sounds like it's really something that's important for us to... Uh, you know, focus on, on day one and day two and <coughs> like how you connect to the whole message of Pursume Nisa and to <coughs> try to figure out like what's, what are helpful messages to specifically focus on on Hanukkah. So I was like, the, the Greeks were coming, the more, the more I learn about it and I look into, and I, I'm not limited in, in what I learn so much as much as other Chavaz Chaim people. I'm not, I'm not in the Hasidic stuff so much at all when I say at all. But I, I touch on Sfarim, that quote, the Maral, a lot. And, and to me, there's definitely what to be said about the symbolism of, of, of what the Greeks did and, 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 to, and to, you know, that they were trying to uproot the Das Torah and the concept of Chachmas And there's what to be said about that. But, the, but that, whatever those Pratim are, all come back to one you said, which is that the Greeks were trying to uproot Torah. That's it. Whatever the whatever all the things that I learned about it, they're all nuances of that, that, that cloud. They're all, how did, what were they trying to do? What was the deep philosophical arguments, the Aristotelian philosophies? What were all these things? These are all, again, just, they're trying to retire. That's the, you know, that's the short of it. You know, but it seems that there's a whole bunch of other things like the Oraganas and the Oira Zutaira and the, the, the lights, and if you look into them, you can see Said, and I don't know what you're talking about. This is just, I don't know where they get it from. I don't know what's from they're looking at, but it ain't something, ain't anything I've ever seen. So I just, I, that, that's my, that's really what I'm saying. It's like, is this something that we should say, you know, Taka, let's go see where it comes from. Maybe Taka, there's a desire that's uh, something that somebody brings down and is what to be said about it.
There's probably a lot to gain from that, but in a way, when you think about just the basic messages that you were just referring to, like let's say someone stopped and focused for um, 10 minutes a day on Hanukkah, on the fact that, you know, there's so many times throughout the generations, every gen single generation, there's certain challenges to our ability to be close to Hashem. You know, and sometimes it was coming from other people trying to stop us. And nowadays it's often coming from more subtle kind of sources of the environment affecting us in so many different kinds of ways. And appreciating that like Hashem stepped in, you know, when we started caring, like when we took a step toward Hashem and we took it seriously and we made a statement to ourselves and to Hashem, I want to stand up for what I believe in. And I want to get close to Hashem and I want to keep the Torah and I want to make sure that my life is filled with Torah and the messages of Torah. And like, that's, you know, what the world's about. And that's what my life's about. And Hashem's running the world in order to allow that to happen. You know, it's really the basic messages in the Masil Sasharim or the Chumash or, you know, pick a source, you know, that we're so familiar with. And Hanukkah really highlights in a very significant way. I think a lot of these other things are often a distraction from what's really important, which is, you know, the basic messages of Hanukkah and the basic messages of, you know, Torah and Judaism. So in a way that could look like, you know, you could have two very similar kind of approaches. And one of them is, you know, robotic lighting candles at the right time. And one of them is like a connection to... You know, I'm lighting the candle to celebrate, you know, my connection to Hashem, my connection to Torah, my appreciation for the opportunities to be able to study Torah and keep the mitzvahs and have a relationship with Hashem. Like even like a, you know, a five minute like focus on the celebration of the opportunities that we have to serve Hashem and why that's such a great thing it's such a meaningful kind of experience. And in a way, sometimes, I don't know, at least to me, for me to start focusing too much on the Aragonas is probably not gonna help more than a basic focus on, you know, Mo's Tzur Yeshuasi, you know, that Hashem is, you know, the rock of my salvation. You know, that Hashem is the one to turn to in the time of stress and the time of frustration and anxieties and pressures and stresses and recognizing that, you know, that throughout all the years, the times that we went through a hard time, like where's in the most sure there's some line about the fact that it was because of Araveros? Which one is that? I don't remember. But uh, like the basic message that it's because, you know, we move far away from Hashem, that Hashem has to remind us and encourage us to come back. And throughout all the years, Hashem is rooting for us and caring about us. And he's with us in the times of all the different, and Gullises, and, and we keep forgetting about our jobs, and Hashem keeps sending us out into Gullis. You know, like these kinds of messages, they're so basic, but they're so powerful, especially like in the context of Hanukkah, which to me is so, rel so much closer to us than like Mitzrayim. Like in a way, like Mitzrayim is like, you know, like we're physically being tortured, and we have all kinds of challenges like that. Like the Greek... Um, influence on society, it just, to me, it so much relates to like the United States kind of situation where we're 
we're living in a society where we're so much affected by everything around us. And, you know, fighting for, you know, is something that the more we could relate to that and focus on and appreciate the significance and importance of that. I don't know. I guess to me, my guess would be we should all relate to Hanukkah in a way that's helpful for us. But at least for me and probably most people in our social circles, trying to have that kind of focus is going to end up bringing us closer to Hashem than to try to focus on other types of messages. But I don't know. You know, everyone probably relates to things differently. What do you say, Rabbi? Um, as you were speaking, I was thinking that this may not be totally different than when we sometimes allow ourselves a little exposure to things that are above, way above us, that we realize are above us, as a way of getting some sense of what we're really all about, that we can't still yet, like learning about Adam Risha Kodamachet, it has a place, you know. So that, that there is such a thing as Ora Ganos that Hashem put away for the Tzaddikim, and it's in the nearest Hanukkah, and we have some connection to it. They don't really even understand, but that's also some kind of a awareness of our of our inner spiritual greatness that can help sort of like wake us up a little bit, and then essentially try to, you know, prioritize the nigla, of course. We should never, like, overlook the nigla elements, the real basic fundamentals for the sake of the more more glamorous sadists. But <laughs> sometimes a little bit of exposure to those more secret inyanim help us realize, oh, that, that's who we are. We, we can be given that or how, how do we get some of that or where, where, can we, where can we find that or in our life? Oh, from from the highest peak of the Ara Ganas for Sadiqim, it comes with Nishtalshal all the way down to this line in Ocha Sadiqim that I'm trying to understand, or this lead that I'm trying to work on, or this better interaction with another fellow Yid that I'm trying to have. And that's also part of that Ara Ganas. <laughs> that that's one. pretty cool. <laughs> so, you know, I wouldn't discount it totally, but. We have to recognize our limitations. What do you say, Yaakov? I, I, I'm with you on that. I think you, I think you capsule, encapsulated it very well. I would just say to, to Rabbi Goldman um, that I am, um, as, as, I, as, I, as I've grown older, I do, like I said, I do expand my knowledge base. I do learn a lot of terms that most of the time I wouldn't learn. For example, um, well, what are some of those from? We want to know about them. So I'll tell you, I learned Yomtev time specifically. Mm-hmm. I learned, um, I've learned, I've learned um, uh, Afike Mayim from, from Moshe Shapiro. Sure, I sure. Learned, I learned Yitroff from Zev Hoberman, which is spectacular to, to follow it. What, what's the name? What's the name? Dave Yitroff. Okay. There's 35 of them. <laughs> you don't have oh, to get my. them all. <laughs> oh, my. No, I have a couple of them. Okay. And then uh, I, I've been Rabbi Rucham Olshin's farm. They're, they're just, they're oh, much yes. more, they're, 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 they have, like, specifically Hanukkah, when it goes through, and I've heard it's also once to say Chaim on Yom Tif. What about, about, about Siva Shalom? Anything with Siva Shalom? I, 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 every once in a while, but not as, not as often. But I do. Okay. I, I, I don't not look into it. But when no, it comes to there. like Hanukkah specifically, because again, like I said, Hanukkah, the whole thing is the Greeks wanted to, uproot Torah. But if you go into how they all have their mahalach exactly what that was. Mm-hmm. And 
and it's just there are certain things that you see that are so they're just interesting points the philosophical discussions about how you know the Sifse Chaim discusses how how how, how the Greeks Manish just couldn't the bottom line is if the Greeks couldn't handle they felt that they were they had Chachma and they felt that Torah was Chachma they felt that forget the divinity of Torah that's not a game the Greeks philosophically felt so insecure in their knowledge that they had to wipe Torah out because otherwise they, I mean it, basically he built a tear like that like they were so insecure that they had to wipe Torah out so they'd be the only ones left so they wouldn't be fighting with anybody <laughs> like and it's just very interesting and there's others who are much more again get into the philosophy of why 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 Karen Ashar it's not good for a shoifer and and and, and it's, it's very interesting there's interesting things there that that you know I'm not saying again these are a little abstract like a lot of my raw stuff but it's very interesting and it's not something when I have to light my candles I'm much more worried about this man than this than these thoughts at all but it's interesting <laughs> to think about when you think about Hanukkah in general, it's not just the, the Greeks wanted to kill us. They had real philosophical differences that when you, when you, when you read what they were, you appreciate Torah so much more because it always comes back to it. That Torah is not, not is, Im, is immutable basically. And this is it. And they could say whatever they want. Torah is still from Baruch We're still and they can't get that. They can't touch that. And that's it. And it's and it's the more the the more of it that you you go into the more things that you hear and learn it just builds it more and more. It's not just the general oh you know Hashem Bachabanu and you know Hanukkah is our Torah was ours and we fought for it. It's much more that it, there's so much more that Torah is not Greek culture. It's not. It's a totally different mitzvah. And as much as the Goyim try, they can't go near it. And it's and it's it just builds Torah up more. If you need it, it to be built up more. And it, it's just very interesting. That's that's it. That's all. That's, that's my piece. If it's if, if it's working for you, that's terrific. And it sounds like it has a place. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Awesome. I actually have to run, but um, it was a great discussion, Yaakov. Thanks for the uh, input, <laughs> and uh, we should all be zocha to uh, get closer to Hashem. Amen. Okay, that's Lacha Rabba. Simcha, your kids are beautiful. Good night, Arba. Thank you. Enjoy yours. Okay, awesome. Okay, happy Hanukkah, and everything should be great. We'll be after you soon again. Thank you. Okay, be well. Take care.